Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Leviticus 5-7. through Do you want to know God? And by that, I mean, do you want to be able to approach God? And do you want God to dwell in you? Do you want to walk with God? Well, then Leviticus is a book for you. We've talked about how Leviticus often gets looked down upon, acted like it's obsolete or boring. And my mission as we go through this book is to help you see it is none of those things. While Yes, some of the things that are instructed to the nation of Israel are, I guess you could say, in a sense, obsolete, that that you don't need to go do these same things. They were done for a reason, and they were done for reasons even that largely look forward to Christ and what you have in him. So this is something God wants you to understand so that you know what you have in Christ and so that you know what you need to approach God and to walk with God. We're kind of in the middle of the sacrifices. Chapters 1 through 7 go through several different types of sacrifice. We looked at the burnt offering yesterday. We looked at the grain offering, the peace offering, the sin offering. We're kind of in the middle of that. Today we'll see a guilt offering and then we'll see the instructions to the priests. It kind of gives the instructions to the people, what they're supposed to do, and then it'll wrap up today with, well, hey, priests, this is how you need to handle uh, this. And one thing we're going to see today, uh, we we wrap up kind of the sin offerings in chapter 5, but in the middle of chapter 5, in verse 14, we see the heading in my Bible starts calling it a guilt offering. And maybe you remember when you were a kid, if you do something wrong, I mean, did you ever steal something? Did you ever steal something and uh, your parents found out that you stole something? Well, if, if you did, odds are your parents tried to use that to teach you a lesson. And part of that lesson they wanted to teach you, I'm guessing, was you need to make it right. If you wronged somebody, you need to make it right. And we see that basic principle at work in these sacrifices, and it's something worth you thinking about today. If you do something that injures someone else, that wrongs someone else, you need to make it right. And there's two levels at which you need to make it right. When you wrong someone else, you're not only offending them, you are offending God. And most of what we will see today really focuses on that. You need to make it right with God. And you need to make it right with them. And so let's look at that section in chapter 5, verse 14. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, If anyone commits a breach of faith and sins unintentionally in any of the holy things of the Lord, he shall bring to the Lord as his compensation. So there, this is really focused against God. Yeah, I'm going to bring something to God as con- as compensation. Verse 16, he shall also make restitution for what he has done amiss in the holy thing and shall add a fifth to it and give it to the priest. So here the idea is there's an unintentional sin. I didn't give to God something I was supposed to give him. Well, I'm going to make restitution for that. Then as we get into chapter six, we see more interpersonal problems. Someone deceives a neighbor in a matter of 
deposit or security or through robbery, or if he has oppressed his neighbor or has found something lost or lied about it, swearing falsely in any of of all the things that people do and sin thereby, if he has sinned and has realized his guilt and will restore what he took by robbery or what he got by oppression or the deposit that was committed to him or the lost thing that he found or anything about which he has sworn falsely. Um, he shall restore it in full and shall add a fifth to it and give it to him to whom it belongs on the day he realizes his guilt. And then he comes to bring to the priest uh, a ram without blemish out of the flock or its equivalent for a guilt offering. And again, now there's atonement made for him. So you see that two-pronged effort in making it right. I need to go to the person that I have wronged and I need to make it right. And then I need to go to God and make it right. So I ask you today, is there a way you know that you have wronged somebody else? And if you have, what I want you to do is to make it right. And I want you to realize there's two prongs to that. You need to go make it right with the person, however that may look. And you need to make it right with God. Now, how do you make it right with God? I guarantee you it is not going to involve you going and finding a ram and bringing it to a priest. That's not how you're going to make atonement uh, for how you've wronged somebody else. But we go to God for forgiveness, ultimately based on the sacrifice of Christ. Consider this verse in 1 John. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Or just a couple verses later at the beginning of 1 John 2, it says, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin, right? As my old pastor used to say, when you become a Christian, you don't become sinless, but you should sin less, right? The goal is, I don't want to sin anymore. But if anyone does, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So there we see this beautiful truth that we have atonement, we have propitiation because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He shed his blood for us. He died on the cross for our sins. So even if you have wronged someone else, I hope this brings some conviction to make it right, but I also hope it gives you some hope that you can make it right. And I don't know about the other person. Maybe they're not going to accept any restitution. Maybe that relationship is damaged. But what I can guarantee you is you can make it right with God. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, as we keep going in the reading, there's two other things that I want to highlight. And one I alluded to yesterday. Um, And one thing that you'll notice is it gets in in uh, chapter 6, it starts to get into the priests and the offerings kind of through chapter 7. One thing that you will notice is there's a lot of instruction about the priests eating the sacrifices, whether that was the meat of the animals that were offered or uh, whether that was the, the grain offering that was offered. And so one other purpose of the offerings. Obviously, there's a grand spiritual purpose of the offerings to make atonement and ultimately to point towards Jesus Christ. 
But there is a practical purpose to these offerings as well. You've got these people that are devoted to serving the Lord. They need to eat. And so these offerings also provided a very practical thing to meet the needs of the priests. And so one just modern day application of that, does your church take an offering each week? I mean, we still use the language in many churches to describe where people will offer their money. They will bring something to God when they come to church. And I think that is one thing that should in some way carry over here from Leviticus. I'm bringing something, I'm giving it to God. That That's at the heart of even giving today to your church. But there's also this practical purpose. That gift makes church happen. Because at most churches, there, there's some people that they give all of their time to, to make church happen, whether that's your pastors who are devoting their time to studying the word of God, counseling, teaching, whether there's other people that are serving in just more practical ways, whether that's handling the logistics or the, the finances of the church, they're devoting all of their kind of waking work hours to the church. Well, they got to eat. And so the, the offering that comes in, well, that's one of the purposes that it accomplishes. So I hope that helps you see even, hey, I want to continue to bring an offering to the Lord. And part of that is to express, we see that even today, it's an offering for Thanksgiving. One of the reasons I bring an offering is I'm thankful because I know all the money I have has come from God. And so I want to give some of that back to God. And even part of the purpose of that is to express my gratitude. But another part of the purpose of that is it enables ministry to happen. The people, you, you don't go to the tabernacle, but the people at your church that are devoting all their time to make that happen and everything from kids ministry to the preaching of the word to we have a mobile church to setting it up and tearing it down. I want to do something so that those people, their needs are taken care of. That is part of the way I think we should still think about offerings today. Another thing is you look at the priests, you see a continued importance even just on that they are consecrated. Even some of the things that they are eat, it's to be eaten in a holy place. And uh, it's also uh, not to be a flesh that touches any unclean thing shall not be eaten. And all who are clean may eat flesh. You're not allowed to do this if you are unclean. Now, some of that is ceremonial. Um, it wasn't necessarily for hygiene reasons that they were doing this, but these things point forward. These things give us a picture that God wants us to understand. God wants us to be clean. And especially if you think about the people that lead worship today, they're not the Levites. God really wants them to be clean. And so obviously there's a level at which we can only be clean through the blood of Christ. We need the cleansing and the forgiveness that only comes from Christ. But also we, we see clean in the New Testament, especially, we see that that's shown in moral character, clean, upright character. And so that's another thing, even when you think about how the bread is supposed to be unleavened, that's something the New Testament tells us that this leaven often was a picture of sin. We, we want to remove the leaven because just a little bit of leaven ruins everything. Well, it, not ruins, but it leavens the whole lump. And just a little bit of sin, eh, it affects everything. And so we want to be walking in cleanness, in holiness before God. So I hope you can continue to see Leviticus, it's not a waste of time. Sure, I guess it's obsolete in the sense that you don't need to go offer sacrifices today, but you may need to go make it right. 
You should still bring offerings to the Lord. And you should seek to be someone who, through the blood of Christ and through practical personal holiness, serves the Lord with clean hands and a pure heart. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.